Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the U.S. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Happy 2020. Hi, Erin. It's been a while since we've gotten to meet and kind of chat about things. And welcome back. Yeah, and unplugged podcast. How's your year going so far? Well, I'm hoping that it's off on a better foot, literally. <laughs> but um, bump because as I um made my way through December, most clients already know this because they've seen me hobbling around in a boot. But I went on my morning run that I've done probably two thousand times in my neighborhood and tripped and fell and fractured my ankle. And since then. Trust me, it hasn't slowed me down that much. A week later, we went to Europe for two weeks on vacation and I, you know, hobbled my way around in my boot. But it's taught me a lot of really serious lessons. Number one, the importance of being patient. Number two, when you don't use it, you lose it. So six weeks in a boot, I'm now coming out of the boot and I just notice how... um, my the mobility in my left ankle is certainly not what it once was and you know i know it will come back and a huge part of my process of restoring mobility is alkaline and i'm here to tell you for anybody who's injured or you know we can modify for anything at alkaline and you know with the exception of the two weeks i was away on vacation i've come back and i take class and i teach class and that's all good. Yeah, work what you can work. It also um, will help with your sanity, right? Hundred percent. Well, and the other thing, this is a fun upside of this, is I used to, and we're going to talk about busting myths as we move forward into 2020. We can look back and look at what we have been doing and help that formulate how we choose to move forward. But one of the things I know for myself is I was sacrificing my sleep you know, I would set my alarm every day for 5.30 so I could get up and run in the dark, which I'll never do again. I'll run again, but I will not run in the dark again. Um, Run with my husband. And so I would sacrifice that sleep. Now I'm getting a full hour extra of sleep. And I just notice the impact on my energy throughout the day and just how much better I feel. So how's your cognitive functioning? Well, are you questioning that my cognitive function that, that wasn't good before? That wasn't, that wasn't a... Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, trust me when I say that this experience of not being able to do what I truly love. I do love to run, um, not to excess, but I'd run a couple miles um, 
with my husband and I enjoyed that connecting time with him and I enjoyed the endorphins and all of that. So there's been a little bit of a, you know, I'm not going to lie moments of where I was just sad or depressed that I couldn't do what I love to do. But thankfully I had alkaline. So I had an outlet for my energy, not only in terms of teaching, but just also for my workouts and, you know, definitely the rolling, rolling shins and feet have made a huge difference already in my mobility. And I just anticipate that's going to continue. But it is, it's definitely challenged some of my beliefs. And we are all driven by our beliefs, whether those are valid, factual things, or just, you know, what we've been conditioned to think we have to do. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I was conditioned to think that I had to, you know, run a certain distance every day in order to get my steps because I'm so attached to this damn Apple Watch. But in fact, you know, is that really what's important? Yeah. I mean, like you said, sleep's important and now you're sleeping more. Totally. And, you know, that's totally. so restorative to your body. I was the same way when I used to, um, I worked a lot and was already on a perma sleep deficit. I would get up even before I had to be at the office at the crack of dawn just to work out. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't realize how much that was. It was like counterproductive. And it's ever like everything else. And um, I'm going to turn this over to you, Aaron, to just talk a, a little bit more about the myth busting. But one of the things that I think is truly important to remember is, is the importance of balance, right? You know, we're not, I'm not saying that because I broke my ankle, I'm going to sit at home and catch up even more on my trashy TV and not work out. Like there, there needs to be a balance of that, but I'm going to move into 2020 knowing that I don't have to run every day. I, I can still build strength and continue to improve my, my cardiovascular fitness and my flexibility, my mobility and maintain my mental health doing things that maybe are less wear and tear on my body. So knowing those things is welcome to the helpful. club. Yeah. Kathy, because I was in a similar, I mean, I'm a, a recovered cardio junkie. I mean, like literally addict, like I would take any kind of cardio quality was not uh, a factor. And I, you know, I believe that for so many years. And I think, you know, people ask me, like, what was the turning point for you? Like, why did you stop running? And there was a very specific turning point when a physical therapist told me that I was probably going to need a hip replacement if I didn't stop running. But then it was, it was another six years before I, it wasn't, it wasn't, I always, it was a dimmer, not a switch. It was, I think I just ended up having two businesses and a baby and just didn't have time. It wasn't something as traumatic as yours where you literally could not run. I just started running less and less and started realizing I felt better and better. And so I think everybody's journey is a little bit different, but I think that's what has led us to kind of the theme we're focusing on this year at Alkaline and our podcast today, which is uh, busting myths. And I'm in this business of health and wellness, and I just find it so ironic that so much of what happens in this business and in this industry is neither healthy or promoting wellness, right? It's completely right. counterintuitive to um, what we what we really need. And I've always said there's such a difference between what we think we need and what we actually need. And there's, you know, we're up against billions and billions of dollars in marketing and 
mental mind games and manipulation and all these, you know, companies and people and now influencers and all these other um, people who are, you know, kind of preying on that. And I, I'm a big believer that belief drives behavior. And a lot of what we do comes from those deep rooted beliefs. And I've mentioned to you guys before that I'm working on a book, which I'm going to finish in 2020. Yay. <laughs> you have to set a goal, state a goal, and share a goal. So I just did all the three. So now you guys can hold me accountable to actually getting it done. But I've been really taking a look back at my own belief systems and where things came from. And sometimes I don't even know. They're probably so deep rooted and some I can identify coming from things my parents said or things a coach said or things a sibling said or a friend or I didn't have social media back then, but I had Seventeen Magazine and (laughs) things like that that I looked to. Um, And I this year, I just want to kind of put some of those just kind of call attention to some of these beliefs and some of these myths. I'm calling us the fitness myth busters this year because I don't believe a lot of these things to be true. And I actually think that if, you know, we have the potential to question these beliefs and potentially move beyond them, we'd all be a lot happier. Some of those myths too, I think if we kind of pair it back, speak to what creates barriers for people. So tell, talk a little bit about that in terms of, you know, we hear, we hear people, we hear prospective clients, I, I would say, say, oh, gosh, I, you know, I, I don't think I can do that because I'm not flexible or I can't do that because I'm too old or I there's a bar. Like I don't look like that. Or there's a bar in the room. So as a dude, it's just it's a place for only women to work out. So those to me are like barriers to what brings people Yeah, it's a barrier of belief, not a barrier of reality. And so I, you know, always question, do you know it to be true? Is that something that you're, that's really a, I mean, there's a difference between saying I'm 41 and I am an alkaliner, right? Like I can't change my age. That's a, that's just a fact. Right. I'm 41. Do I feel like I'm 31? Yes. But that's, that's neither here nor here. But saying whether I can do alkaline or can't do alkaline is not rooted in fact. Right. It's a belief, right? That I, that is driving that statement. And so I'm challenging, you know, people, myself included always to question some of those beliefs because I, it's so, um, it just makes me sad when I hear people say, oh, well, I've, aged out of that. I'm not a young, you know, person or I'm not any of those things. Right. And that's, that's a belief because the reality is alkaline was designed to be um, a place for everyone and a workout for everybody. Everybody can engage in alkaline at some level, whether, I mean, you're a perfect example of that. Like you're already in great shape. um, But with a boot on, you're able to take class. You even demo in class, (laughs) you know, it's not, we're not selling perfection. We're selling, function and anybody who wants to move around life better and with fewer aches and pains and better performance and better posture can benefit from alkaline and it has nothing to do with an age or a demographic it has to do with a psychographic so people who um, are willing to believe that they can and maybe make sacrifices to remove some barriers or friction you know have that choice but it's 
you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking like, oh, I don't have time, even things like I don't have time for that. Everybody's busy. Everybody's, you know, has work and jobs and family obligations and volunteer. And, you know, I, I've thought that myself sometimes, but I now prioritize, you know, I, I put my workout in my calendar, just like I would an important doctor's appointment, or just like I would volunteering at my kid's school. There are lots of things that are important to me. Yeah, self-care is hugely important. And I think that's something that people easily put on the back burner when they, and they pride themselves on, well, I'm too busy because I need to get my kids up for school and I need to, you know, work at this volunteer thing. And all those things are noble. And I'm certainly not here to say you should throw that out and only focus on yourself because that's not the point. But I think everybody can schedule an hour for themselves a day, a day. I mean, with the exception of those rare, I mean, there are times that things come up and you just can't, but making it a priority, like you would schedule a dentist appointment or you would schedule something for your kids, you know, dedicating that hour, whether it might mean setting that alarm for a little earlier and coming to the 6am. It might mean that you come a little later in the day or come on your lunch hour, but whatever it is, and I'm not also saying that alkaline is the only thing. I think it's important. We are the training ground for people to do other things that they enjoy doing, whether it's running, cycling, golfing, tennis, whatever. But this is such a foundational practice that is going to help you build strength and mobility to do everything that you like to do. Picking up your grandchild or your kid or, you know, pushing that jogging stroller, whatever it is, you know, building Pulling over the break. I got a new rug that got delivered to my porch. It was like a nine by 12 wool rug. And I had to pull that thing through my whole house. I was like, thank goodness. Rug. Hopefully so in a hinge oh, position, engaging your core so that you didn't throw your back out. Right. Exactly. And we teach you. That's one of the things that I think is so important to recognize too, is as we're looking to break myths, bust myths, we're also looking to educate people because I think if you know the why behind something or that that helps inspire a motivation to do something, if if somebody just tells you, Aaron, I need you to eat um, broccoli every single day and that's all you need to eat, I mean, I would hope to God that you would say, why? Like, help me understand. <laughs> help me understand the why behind Look that. holistically. Look holistically. And I think sure. that's also something where um, that's a myth we're going to bust this year, too, is that it's not just about one of these many dials that exist in life. And that's part of our Nourish program, which is our holistic health coaching program. It's not just about what you eat or how it's about how you move. It's how you sleep. It's how you hydrate. It's how you connect with others, right? If you are so, you know, diligent about, getting up at, you know, 530 every morning that you can't, you know, hang out with your husband on the couch the night before or go out with some girlfriends or guy friends for, you know, poker night or whatever, then you're going to lose something's got to give. Right. And so looking at things kind of holistically and, you know, having little deposits into each of these banks every day is kind of over time what um, helps. And I think with fitness in particular, we're really trained from a mindset to think short term, everything's kind of a short term goal, you know, get this bikini body in X amount of days, or it's true with food too, right, go on this three day cleanse, do this, you know, crash diet, this, that every and it's, it's, we really outline look at, um, it's not just about the, the short term, it's about the long term and how that impacts you. And I learned this the hard way because I was so into the shorter term goals 
particularly around my running career, like I was always trying to train for this or qualify for that. And I never, ever looked at, I didn't really care, to be honest. Um, I think that's something developmental in your 20s. You just don't really see beyond the current. <laughs> you also think you're invincible. So you yeah. can put in those 100 miles a week and yeah. not stretch or yeah, work I mean, on your core. Or I never made else. time for stretching or rolling. I thought all that stuff was a waste of time. And I looked strictly at, you know, what's my output? And then I would, I would say things like, um, and I definitely, whether you say it or it's, on the, whether you say it or not, it doesn't matter. It's that, you know, well, I, I can eat this because I just ran for four hours or, oh, I just ate that. So now I need to go run, run it off. Right. I hear right, people right. say that all the time. And we're looking much more holistically and much more at this experience with alkaline as an investment, not just for the short term, like, cause our hope is that you leave feeling better than you came. You never leave feeling that you were, you know, you've abused your body or you feel beat down or we have to scrape you off the floor, which honestly is how I felt running so many times. I was not properly nourished, not properly rested, not properly hydrated. I'd go out for a run. I'd bonk. I'd be like on the floor feeling nauseous and unable to get, like that was, I did that many times before I figured out that that was not, you know, now I laugh. I'm like, what an idiot. Why did I think that was okay? I was definitely abusing my body, but now it's, um, it's not just about the experience of, you know, the 45 minutes, the hour, but it's how does that impact the rest of your day and the rest of your life? And I just think at this point, you know, I've been in this stage probably for the last decade. I want everything that I choose to do to, to be additive and not something that detracts or subtracts or, you know, kind of uh, chisels away at, you know, restoration and progress. And so um, it's just a different, it's a different mindset. And I think a lot of what is happening in the fitness and the, in, I guess, nutrition too, is it's a quick fix and B it's, um, really, really extreme, like harder is better, faster is better, more weight is better. All these things that are so, A, they're not true, and B, they're, I think it's just easier to believe something that does seem so... Black and white. Yeah, so yeah. simple. I hear a lot of people say, well, my trainer told me to do this, or my trainer t- told me to do that. I'm like, if your trainer told you to jump on a bridge, would you do it? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope that you can always take that and kind of step back and look at the, you know, does it make sense? And I, you know, would encourage everybody to, you know, ask those questions is, do you know that to be true? Do you really know that to be true? And so let's talk about some of the other myths that we, that are either in the industry, you know, because they all impact our business, but I hear them. um, So there's kind of ones you mentioned of the reasons why people don't try something like alkaline. So it's either too hard I don't look like that. I don't dress like that, whatever, even though that isn't an actual thing, right? It's a perception. And then I also hear, oh, that's not hard enough. How many times have you heard that? People underestimating. um, And it's kind of linked to it has to hurt to work. And I would say Alpine's pretty challenging. (laughs) I notice I'm challenged in every class and I've been doing this for a long time. And I think part of that is the mindset with which you enter that room. I, there have been days where I've been distracted and I'm certainly not working as hard as I could be. My mind is wandering versus when I come in 
And I put all that to-do list aside and I completely focus on what I'm doing, the quality of my movement versus just showing up and checking the box. But Big sometimes, difference. honestly, I don't work as hard as I could, but I'm always glad that I showed up. I don't feel oh, like I need sure. to work my hardest. Sometimes I just come to the studio because I just want to see my people. You know, yeah. how many days have I come in? I'm like, just give me a hug. Someone give me a hug. It's been yeah. a rough one, right? I yeah, that's here. something that's so important. I think, um, you know, I've heard people say, oh, I don't, I don't work out with other people. And to me, you know, everybody has their own philosophy. If you're a solo act, great, you're a solo act. But I need the support and the encouragement and the inspiration of people around me. There's I need the accountability. Oh, and the accountability. A hundred percent. I used to be, I was the sole contributor, a lone wolf, if you will. Yes. I, even when I ran on a team in high school, I was so, I always found myself annoyed by like the group stretch at the beginning and the after. I'm like, I don't want to wait for anybody else. And I didn't really embrace that. I mean, I guess I liked being on a team, but I wasn't. You know, it was a, I always did, like, I was a skier and a runner, so I was an individual contributor on a team, but I never played, you know, volleyball or soccer or something right, where you right. had to be, like, inter, you know, connected like that. And um, I also didn't want to be on somebody else's schedule. But then I found, over time, I really started embracing this group dynamic, and it helped me build, like, better habits. Like, I think I, I am certainly capable of teaching myself a class any old time I want. I have the skill set and I'm a pretty highly motivated person, but it never happens. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't even roll that much on my own. I have to come to the class to roll. Right. Even though I could totally do that in front of my TV, I don't. I need someone else to, you know, to set the, t you know, the class starts at this time and ends at that time. And, and to pay to attention to what you're doing yeah. and to care about the quality of your movement. But I also don't believe that every workout has to be the hardest workout. I mean, I I really embraced this when I was pregnant and there was a lot of stuff that just, like, you know, there was a lot I could do and a lot towards the end that was difficult for me. And if I came and give, gave half effort, I felt a hundred times better. Or focused on what you could do versus what you couldn't do, which has been a great lesson with my yeah. ankle as well. Right. Appreciate what you have and not yeah. all the things that, because we tend to focus on things that are broken or things that aren't working. That's just human nature. Right. We don't appreciate everything that, you know, the air we breathe and the clean water we drink. You know, we yeah. think about all the things that we don't have, like that car or. <laughs> I also um, think we sometimes focus a lot of our energy on what is right now. So often somebody will come in and the first thing they say as a new client, I'll say, so do you have any injuries? No, but I'm so inflexible. I've never been flexible. And I remind people that flexibility is something that can improve. When I first started coming, I couldn't, I was really strong cardiovascularly, you know, I was running marathons, but I couldn't touch my toes. So this work helps promote mobility and flexibility. So nothing is fixed, which is good. We'll help my, fix you. Including mindsets. <laughs> including mindsets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We won't fix you, but we'll help you grow yeah, into your true. growth mindset. And that's, I mean, that seems so cliche now because everybody's talking about, you know, sorry with Carol Dweck and her book and the growth mindset, but it's so true. And going back to some of the beliefs, are you so committed to that belief that you're willing to suffer within it? Or right, are, you, right. are you willing to step outside your comfort zone of what you know? Or And I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, I some of these beliefs are so d deeply, deeply rooted. It's like, 
I don't know, it goes back like, you know, religion or like what your culture, like all these yeah, things your core are beliefs. so, they are so, so deep. And, but I, I think when you acknowledge the beliefs, you have the opportunity to change your story or change, you know, if you, if you just kind of, your feet are in the mud and you're going to stick to whatever you are. So, you know, then that's, then there's no potential to, to go anywhere. Um, along with beliefs, another one I hear a lot is um, the whole concept of like, I have to sweat and it has, you know, I have to be, if I'm not dripping with sweat, no pain, no gain, you know, all these things. And I, um, this makes me laugh because there's a whole industry around um, this and especially like the hot classes, you know, there's Bikram and heated yoga and heated Pilates. And I will challenge people and say, you know, you could go into a sauna and sit there right. and sweat your butt off, but you're not working, right? Just yeah. because the room is warm or just because they chose to pack 50 people in a cycling room and not turn on the air conditioning or the fan does not actually mean yeah. you can sweat with actually it's perceived exertion versus actual exertion. Right. And, um, you know, they've been talking about the, the Although I do enjoy a warm room so that my muscles work better, but I agree. Yeah, with I you. don't like, mind sweating, but I also don't, I don't attach sweat equals yes. good workout. No sweat. Cause I'm actually not a huge sweater, right? But I work really hard. And then I know some people that can just stand there and sweat. There's not, I mean, there's not a correlation be, to the effectiveness of the workout based on your sweat. Not, output. Necessarily, not necessarily. Right. So yes. if the belief is that I have to sweat to work, that's not necessarily true. There's also, um, you know, the generation of the, they call it the, the happy hormones. And I went to see Kelly McGonigal speak She's a professor at Stanford. Mm. She just wrote a book called The Joy of Movement, which you should check out. But she talked about, you know, this this high, you know, she, it's the most famous the runner's yeah. high. Yeah. And she said, actually, a lot of people get that boost in endorphins, but the runners are the ones that are most, like, self-righteous and promoting yeah, it all the, the time. The only way yeah. you can get this is if <laughs> yes. you run. Yeah. She's actually said that's not true. But, you know, elevating your heart rate. But it doesn't, you don't have to be. I thought you had to sweat and work hard and be, anaerobic. And I actually think for a long time, I did myself a disservice by actually working too hard. I actually started gaining weight. I was doing too much. I wasn't giving my body time to rest. I started dialing back my, the length of the duration of my workouts, the intensity of my workouts, the frequency of my workouts. And I actually started having better results. Not only did my body not hurt from the accelerated wear and tear and like the constant, you know, pounding, but I actually um, like metabolically things shifted because there is such a thing as working out yeah. too much. And I've even told clients here before, like some of these, you know, challenges we have, I'm like, don't come three days, three times a day. Like that's, right. if you're coming, if you're doing something in excess, it means something else in your, you know, life, like go have coffee with a friend or right. Go Extremes make, go, in any direction or not. Yeah, go take this beneficial. time to, you know, cook a meal or something else. Right. So, um, yeah, I think there are a lot of these harder, faster, better, sweatier, the extremes. And I, one thing that really bums me out, there are a couple things that bum me out being in this industry, but it's even the things that I think started with the best intentions that have now been taken to the extreme. And an example of that would be yoga. And I think it's sort of, you know, people say, oh, well, I, there is a belief that I need to do yoga. I need to do yoga because they associate yoga with 
flexibility and stretching and maybe the mindfulness and down regulation. I think that's really what yoga is great for. But now it's yoga in the extreme. It's like the extreme handstands, the backbends, all the things that introduce the ego into the mm, equation. Yeah. And I really believe that yoga was intend intended to be a soulful practice, right? Mindfulness and connectedness and and now it's taken all the good of yoga and taken it to the extreme. And I actually believe the same. So I consider Alkaline to be a functional fitness studio. And the definition of functional movement are the things that your body needs to be able to do. So you can do you moving through life better. And functional fitness is sort of the way in our proprietary way, we package that and make it, you know, a practice. And the only other time I've really heard about functional fitness, it's not really a household name, Yet, 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 is in the CrossFit world. And CrossFit's all about, you know, you know, we're going to eat and move like our ancestors. And it's, you know, if you've ever been to a CrossFit class, there are a lot of elements that are very, like, articulating through your joints, like doing bear crawls and things that are a little bit more, you know, I don't know, like using your hands and your feet. Primitive. Way, primitive, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But then it takes it to the extreme. It's like, do you really think you need to bench press three times your body weight? And, you know, it's not like, unless you're trying to push somebody really heavy off of you. <laughs> right. Which I we don't, you know, I mean, all we need to do is if we could just push our, you know, a couple pound phone and computer away from us, like we would be much better off than yeah. focusing on like the woolly mammoth or whatever is like coming to attack us. So I think like I like the the idea of like the functional part of CrossFit but again it took it to the extreme and the yoga that's either you know like I said the extreme poses and the ego or the extreme heat or the extreme it's like why can't you take like why is balance so bad why does this belief of like balance is is bad why where does that come from I think like you said it goes to ego a lot yeah. of it right faster is better stronger is better more metrics. More like, metrics, I'm, yes. You know, you've heard me talk about that. I was one that like recorded all my metrics in a spreadsheet. This is before I had, thank God I got out of that phase before all the all the fancy stuff that tracks it for you. But I was obsessed. Or compares you to others. Oh, like God. I've been the at the studio where I'm, you know, on the treadmill next to my 21-year-old daughter and we're sprinting as fast as we can. And I can't get it, my heart rate as high as hers. And of course, that primitive juvenile Competitive Kathy. Co competitive Kathy is like pissed off. But is that really, okay, first of all, I'm more than twice her age is like reality has to sit in, set in. And then also, why is that important? I know. I'm, I'm I not know. running from a tiger. Like I don't have to run that fast. And if you were, you would escape. So. Because well, no. I would shove the sucker next to me down to the debate <laughs> for the tiger. Well, I'm the smart. Truth comes out. It's adaptive behavior. Yes. Know? I just, it's that, and we don't. You know, it, when you look at um, one of the things that kind of influences every decision I make in life, alkaline, movement, food, business, everything, parenting, it's risk versus reward. I always look at like, is there more potential reward from this choice or decision or more risk? And I look at that kind of stuff. And like, I think that the pedometer and the tracking, that is very, very motivating, right? If if you it gives inspires you to get up off the couch and move yes. there's nothing wrong with that right when it becomes like extreme and drives the behavior you feel bad about yourself because you didn't reach your goal right then that's is it risk versus reward so i think that there was a lot of information that i got out of my tracking devices 
back in the day. And I learned a lot because I was trying to figure out some stuff with my gut and I recorded what I ate. And I think that the mindfulness piece of that was good, but I think it can also go to the extreme and it can backfire. And one day I woke up and thought, Hey, I'm recording all this stuff and tracking all this stuff. It's making me crazy. And I actually really don't enjoy running and training for things. And it's actually not that fun anymore. And the day I realized that it was like, Oh yeah. And there is something else I can do that sparks as much joy. And I, you know what? I don't, I don't bonk. I don't feel like crap. I don't feel like after I work out at Alkaline, I need to go eat, you know, a double cheeseburger because I'm starving and ravenous all the time. I just have better balance, right? I can control the input and the output and I'm perfectly capable of running. And when I do, I don't feel great. Not just for the hour I'm doing, I actually feel bad for like a week after. Right, right. Which I probably did before, but I never noticed it. Well, it's Um, taking time to, you know, we talk a lot in class about listening to your body when it's whispering, don't wait till it's yelling. And, you know, I think your body was probably sending you lots of SOS messages. And it's, you know, when you were ready to, to shift your mindset or be open to different possibilities that your life began to really change for the better. Yeah. And now I'm much more, um, I guess, prevention based. And that's where I wonder, I think we're conditioned to be reactive versus proactive, right? You don't listen to something until it's yelling instead of, oh, well, I don't want my body to ever yell or to ever be sick or to ever be hurt or to ever. And our system of medicine only fosters that, right? Like nobody goes to the doctor when they're feeling well, unless it's for your, you know, annual exam. It's yeah. Disease management. It's yeah. disease management versus prevention, which is too bad when I'm president. <laughs> yeah. I'll never be. Um, you know, I, I feel like some of these prevention methods, whether it's, you know, going to mindfulness workshops or getting your workouts in or a nourish program, those things should all be covered on insurance. Like, let's prevent this crap yeah. from happening. And that stuff should start earlier. When I'm president, yeah. we're going to change the presidential fitness challenge and we're all going to learn the seven functional movements and how to do them well before you graduate from high school. Vote Aaron Parazuski yes. for president. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, have you seen, I digress for a moment. Um, the bumper sticker that says, um, any, what's it say? Any reasonable human 2020. Yeah, I'm <laughs> all for that. I'm all for that. Any capable human. Not that we're going to take this in a political. Yeah, uh, no, but way, that's but, a funny bumper sticker. Yeah, that is good. Um, yeah, the other thing I think is interesting. So we're talking about beliefs and some of these, you know, I've seen some of the myths we're going to bust this year is, you know, one is Alkaline is not a bar studio just because we have a bar and, and it's not that there's anything wrong with bar, but I think people associate it with a lot of um, extreme ballet, extreme women, extreme longer, leaner, thinner, you know, like whether it's or just lump us into that category of, of fitness versus, which is very much a commodity right. now. And it doesn't, you know, bar was never anything unique on its own. It was a combination of a lot of other stuff. And all those things that have been labeled as yoga Pilates are all really when it gets right down to it, functional movements. So, right. right? It's all how you like package it. So anyway, we're functional, um, fitness, but, and functional movement and trying to teach people, um, and there's that. a bar in the room, but that's a prop. Yeah, you there know, are a lot of other things. You actually don't need, oh, the other, I'm totally changing topics, but the other myth is that I need the latest, latest equipment and fad to make this possible for me. And what I say all the time is 
all you need is your body and gravity. Right. And some knowledge of how to steer the machinery that you've been given, right? You need that brain body connection, that education, but you actually don't need the, you know, the bike or the, the kettlebells. Yeah. Or the heavy weights or the mega reformer or whatever, all these like pieces of equipment that are just, they're just taking the same, the same beliefs and, and making you believe that you are, you cannot do it on your own, right? right. This latest fad, this latest p- piece of equipment, this latest class, this latest temperature, this latest philosophy is going to be the solution, right? We're all looking for the, the short-term quick fix for whatever problem, I guess, we're trying to solve or whatever answer we're looking for. And fitness is like anything else. It, it tends to follow trends. And I think one thing that's important to recognize about Alkaline is that we're not here to try to be the next trend. We don't believe that functional movement is like the functional fitness is the next big thing. We're not chasing a shiny penny. We really believe the thing and it can be evolved and innovative and fun. We put the fun and functional, right? but it doesn't like, I refuse to put, you know, that flashy, what I think a lot of it is like false promises and false marketing and things that prey on people's insecurities and maybe misguided beliefs. Like I, I'm not going to pretend to be the type of place that's going to, you know, perpetuate those myths. Right. Right. Like, but you can get everything you need here. Oh, the other one is, um, the other myth is, well, I need to do cardio and I need to do this and I need to do that. It's like, you can actually get all that stuff in one one place. I would say the one thing that you can't get at Alkaline is that you the, cannot get cannot get is the the outdoor the nature component. Unless right. we start doing these classes, which I would like to, you know, in the summer sometimes we'll do outdoor classes. But I do think it's important to be in nature to get outside to walk around the block at totally lunch or walk the dog to or get your whatever. vitamin D and all to those things. Walk to the mailbox to pick up your mail, whatever it is. Like I do think that's important and. We are an indoor class, which makes this, allows us to have the environment we have and allows us to use the props and allows us to be in places with inclement weather and makes it accessible when it's yeah. <laughs> dark or raining or 20 below zero. Um, but other than that, I think you, you know, you don't need to go to these extremes and spend all this time, you know, worrying about, well, I need this three days and this however many days like I think you can um and you can also get cardio here without the pounding of and I'm saying this knowing full well that once my ankle is healed I will go out there and run again will I train to run a marathon at 57 maybe not risk versus reward yeah like do I need to put my body through that kind of trauma I don't think so um but what alkaline does do for me is it allows me to do, you know, take those runs and balance it with the strength, mobility, and flexibility so that I avoid injury. Like this injury, this ankle injury didn't come as a function of not having strong muscles. I just crappy luck. I just tripped on a in the dark while well, running in the dark, dumb move, you know tripped on something, took a tumble, yeah. like, you know, just so bad luck. Some injuries come from bad luck, right? Mm-hmm. You slip, you miss a step, you fall into a pothole, you run into but a it's car. How you bounce you back. Know, it's how resilient you are. <laughs> yeah. 
But most injuries actually come from repetitive movement and improper alignment, right. which gets back to like what we're trying to teach people here, which is not just you you sign up for the workout, you come to workout. That's why people come to Alkaline yeah. initially. Yes. But we give you so much more because we're not just thinking about delivering the workout. We're thinking about the way in which we deliver it, right? There's a whole method behind the madness and how much we um, you know, strengthen versus stretch versus mobilize versus focus on balance and how much is anterior side of the body, how much is posterior, how many, how much are we working on the rectus femoris versus the vastus laterals versus the vastus medialis versus the glute med versus, you know, like there's this whole right. stuff that you don't, you as the client don't need to worry about. That's why you're coming here because we're thinking about that for you. You need to focus on paying attention to your form and learning how to live in your own body because nobody can nobody's going to have to live in your body other than you. So ultimately you're the one that's most accountable and responsible. And, you know, if, if you've done things that have abused your body, you have to be responsible for that. If you've done things that are, um, you know, great for your body, then you can feel great and proud about that too. And I think going back to, you know, we don't want to be, we're not looking to be the next trend, but what we are looking to be is the most trusted yes. brand right? Trust us, trust us in the fact that we do a whole lot of research and work with PTs and are constantly trying to peel back the curtain and ask the whys. Like, why do we teach this? What is it? You know, we challenge our core beliefs all the time in terms of, is this the best exercise to strengthen the glute medius? And if not, what is? And, you know, and how does that resonate with different people's yeah. bodies? We ask the question all the time. You know, I play the game in class, point to where you feel it, because what I think where I feel it in my body might not be the same as you. And if if day after day you're feeling glute bridges in your inner thigh and not in your glutes, then I'm missing something. So right, we, right. I think there's a lot of, you know, the belief maybe of <laughs> maybe this is a good place to kind of start wrapping up the belief that alkaline is just any other workout is, is, um, I think doesn't do it justice because I, I do truly believe that we are a, a, a brand and a, a mission and a company that really is invested in truly helping people. And a lot of thought and energy goes into how to meet people where they are and really help them where they want to go, get where they want to go and and to check in along the way to make sure that things are landing. It's an individualized approach to a group fitness. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get the group dynamic, the support, the connection, the community, but you also get, you know, that not, not, there's no one exercise or one workout that works for everybody all the time. And so we're constantly, you know, checking in with people to make sure that people are getting what they need and also promote, you know, the balance even, and that could be taken to the extreme too, of like this exercise doesn't work for me. And then believing that that is never going to work for you. Well, right. if you want to work in a functioning body, then we need to figure out how to restore your body to its intended mobility or intended strength. So it's not like you just broke your ankle and you're going to say, well, I'm never going to walk again. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, that would be, um, um, that would be a belief yeah. that would drive a certain behavior, right? but it would not, um, it would not serve you the best. So you can certainly go down that road with whatever belief you have, but then that's, that's on you, right? You have to recognize right. that that is a belief that most likely is not rooted in um, fact. And we've seen really extreme cases of this. You know, you see people who are told that they're, you know, they've given a terrible diagnosis and they're able to 
you know, you know, restore. Yeah, yeah. Come back from that. And so I think so much of that is like the mental. And I think alkaline is, it's as much of a, a mental game and a, you know, brain exercise as it is a physical practice. Your body doesn't do much without your brain telling it to, at least not in a voluntary and mindful way. And so um, we are really trying to get people to connect the brain and the body and just the irony about movement in general. It's the one thing that we all hopefully either do or aspire to do. And the one thing none of us are ever trained to do well. We right. There's no owner's manual. Nope. Your body doesn't come with an owner's manual and you don't have like a little coach that sits on your, well, maybe a little bit of alkaline, but you don't have someone your whole life that's like, oh, align your knee, point your toes. And so you just adapt all these, you know, behaviors um, that are hard to unwind unless you make like a shift in mindfulness and belief to just embrace like, okay, this is my body and I can choose to do what I want with it. And I can deny the fact that what I'm doing might not be good, whether that's something or nothing, or I can really, you know, choose to um, practice something that will make me feel better. And I, I mean, it doesn't have to be like you were saying, like in the extreme, I think the first step is just making a step. <laughs> the first yeah. step is the first step, right? Like I think the hardest thing for alkaline is for people is just to get in the door and then they get here and they're like scared and they're intimidated and they've never been here before and they don't know what to expect. And then they always say after, Oh, that wasn't as scary as I thought. Right, like, or, right. Oh gosh, that was like more challenging. I thought whatever it is, I hear, I hear it on the other yeah. side after class, whatever the belief is that you walked in with, <laughs> be prepared for it to be busted. Right. I've even had this with weights. Like, Oh, I have to use the heavy weights. My trainer told me to use the heavy weights. I was told at my, my age, I need heavier weights. And I, I've taught whole classes without any weights and people do not feel like they left without getting you a know, good workout, a good workout. And so we really aim in our, you know, in our classes to, you know, challenge the the norms. It would be so much easier. I tell my husband this, I tell my franchisees this, that it would be so much easier to just to go with the flow, like to swim downstream with the rest of the fitness fish of, hey, let's try to be the flashiest, the brightest, the um, the quickest fix, the hardest workout, right? Like it'd right. be so easy to try and, um, you know, just sell, sell it. Cause that's mostly what people think, think they, they want. They think they yeah. want, but we're trying to deliver what they need. And so we are, we are swimming ex- upstream and we are trying to disrupt the way that people think about fitness and health and their relationship to that, you know, one way or the other. And as we mentioned, a lot of different beliefs are out there. Um, and, you know, ultimately, like, I'm sticking to it because I know that for me, I was an extreme believer on one end. And now I've the pendulum has totally swung. And I never thought that I could, I could be anything other than that, or I wanted to be I was my identity was so closely tied to my ego was so tied to running and eating whatever I wanted. And this whole like, story story I had about myself and now I've just I feel so much um happier and freer and just better in your body yeah like I I just feel like the weight of the burden of that has been lifted Lifted. 
Yeah. By the way, I did like actually lift some weight, like lose some weight too. You know, like if you want to talk about, I'm not saying if you have goals to like look a certain way or feel a certain way, that's a bad thing. Right. That doesn't make you like an ego maniac. Like I, we all want to look better and feel better too. Yeah. I thought like the more I burned so many calories, I couldn't even consume enough calories to replace those. Like I stopped doing that. I stopped torturing my body. I stopped like sacrificing this and that to exercise. I lost like 10 pounds. So you know what I mean? Like more is not more. Right. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes, Plus is more, or sometimes putting a little extra deposit in your sleep bank instead of your movement bank or whatever, you know, right, like I right. think that leads to much better balance. And I think this is even more important as we get out of the, you know, topic of fitness and, you know, and just look at, you know, this could be a whole other topic, which we will address later in this year, just the rise of anxiety and depression and the keeping up with the Joneses and the, the, psychological like gymnastics that you know social media is playing and just the um stuff that's kind of messing us up like I think the more balanced and grounded you feel and better you feel about yourself the less that impacts impacts you you, you know because I think if you're kind of teetering on the extremes then seeing one post or one can just kind of like send you down a rat hole so so 2020 Aaron is the year to bust myths right in terms of not only in terms of what the media wants to tell you that you should be doing or how you should look but then also just how you know how you choose to um listen to that story that you've had and maybe challenge yourself to to look at things from a different perspective and when you think of those things when they run through your head acknowledge them as you know a belief do like, i know oh, this, this to be one. true and then check out what your response is right you either want to sweep it under the rug and pretend you know yep that's just the way it is it's always gonna be there or are you able to pause and stop and think huh you know because there's a lot of this stuff through many years where people challenge my beliefs and i was like la, 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 like put my hands over my ears like i don't want to hear it Right, right. Right. And you can't, you can't begin to, um, you know, move beyond that unless you're willing to acknowledge, you know, what's in front of that. And so kind of wrapping up what you were saying, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So I play this exercise in my own life a lot of, you know, if I'm looking back on myself 20 years from now, what, instead of just thinking like, oh, I should have done that hindsight's twenty twenty, which is such a cliche <laughs> thing to say, right. it's like, what, what, actions can I take now that I'm going to be really proud of 20 years from now looking forward instead of saying like, Oh, I should have done that. Or oops, I didn't notice that. It's like, you actually can make some really, you don't have to wait for hindsight, right? Your, your 2020 is now. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Erin. Stay tuned for future podcasts. And again, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to uh, ping us and let us know. We're always looking to um, provide content that is really meaningful to our vast listening audience. Exactly. So have a great day, guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.